Canada HR News on February 20th, 2023. I'm Elena Bobireva. In today's episode, we talk about HR programs that family-friendly employers offer to their workers, how Canadians feel about their financial stability, exploitation of Canadian foreign workers revealed by a new study, concerns of tip fatigue and tipflation reported by Canadians, and other topics. Stay with us to get the latest HR updates. It is Family Day today in some of the provinces. MediaCorp announced Canada's top family-friendly employers for 2023 a few days ago. Employers were evaluated for programs and initiatives they have to help employers balance work and family commitments. The competition looked at HR practices that may include maternity and parental leave top-ups, daycare assistance, flexible work arrangements, compassionate leave, elder care and adoption assistance, reproductive assistance, including fertility drugs and IVF, and even academic bursaries for employees' children. In addition, the editors looked at other programs each employer may have to address specific work balance issues unique to their industry. For more information about the programs offered by these organizations, check out the list in the episode description. New survey results from cooperators find that only a third of Canadians are feeling positive about their financial situation. As record-level inflation and affordability challenges persist, almost half are worried their income won't keep pace with their basic expenses this year. The survey found that financial planning is a key ingredient in alleviating Canadians' financial concerns. Among those who do not have a plan, one-third say they would feel better about their financial situation if they had one. Employers could help workers to get more confidence by inviting financial advisors to educate employees about building a plan that considers their budget and needs, setting savings and investing goals, and learning how to leverage their RRSP contributions. Demand for migrant labor in Canada has never been greater than it is today. The federal government recently introduced sweeping changes to the Temporary Foreign Workers Program. The new measures allow businesses across seven sectors to increase the percentage of migrant labor in their workforce. Caps have also been eliminated on the number of low-wage migrants who can work in seasonal industries. FCJ Refugee Centre, the Canadian Centre to End Human Trafficking, and Legal Assistance of Windsor convened focus groups with migrant workers to examine labor exploitation during the pandemic period. An estimated 777,000 laborers arrived in Canada in 2021, 39% of whom were employed in agricultural, manufacturing, construction, and food processing sectors. These low-wage workers are essential to the Canadian economy. However, their precarious immigration status makes them vulnerable to exploitation by recruiters and employers. For example, migrants often live in substandard living accommodations that present health and safety concerns. They complete work outside of their contractual terms. They may have their pay reduced or held back by their employer. 
They receive threats of deportation if they speak up or advocate for their rights. They have their passports and other legal documentation taken away, and they often face discrimination from their employer. Migrant workers say they were unaware of the immigration pathways that are available to become permanent residents in Canada. Those who were aware of their options said they felt defeated that few, if any, opportunities exist for them to become citizens. The authors of the study provided the following recommendations. The federal government should establish open work permits for all migrant workers in Canada, regardless of their occupation or national origin. The federal government should update Canada's immigration legislation to provide a pathway to citizenship for low-wage migrant workers in all sectors. And provincial and municipal governments should work with community organizations to fund more on-site services, including healthcare, labor rights education, language training, and organize social activities. Alberta's government is investing $900,000 to fund 134 new trade seats at Southern Alberta Institute of Technology so more students can start a career in Alberta's skilled trades workforce. The additional seats will be distributed as follows. Cooks, 12 seats. Crane and hoisting equipment operator, 16 seats. Heavy equipment technician, 24 seats. Millwright, 34 seats. Machinist, 10 seats. Plumber, 12 seats. Recreation vehicle technician, 12 seats. Welder, 14 seats. And additional seats will start being offered in the 2022-2023 academic year. BC government announced earlier this month that the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation is set to become a statutory holiday in the province. September 30th is already a federal holiday, meaning that workers in federally regulated industries are entitled to a day off with pay. The holiday was first observed federally in 2021, on a date chosen to coincide with Orange Shirt Day. The statutory holiday is a result of a call to action from the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, which asked the federal government to establish a day to honor residential school survivors, their families and communities. If the legislation passes as expected, British Columbia will join Prince Edward Island, the Northwest Territories, Nunavut and Yukon in designating September 30th as a statutory holiday. New data from the nonprofit Angus Reid Institute finds the so-called tipflation a key pain point among Canadians. Most Canadians report being asked to tip more, and often they are obliging. In 2016, 43% of Canadians said they left a tip of less than 15% when they ate at a restaurant. Now, 23% say the same. Meanwhile, 21% say they left a tip of 20% or more when they last dined out, more than double the rate of 8% of those who said so in 2016. Canadians also report tip creep, where locations that previously may not have prompted for a tip have added the request to digital payment machines. Four in five respondents say too many places are asking for tips these days. Meanwhile, only 13% believe customer service has improved as tips have increased. 
The result, a significant increase in the number of Canadians who say they prefer a service-included model, which would see an end of tipping and higher base wage for employees. Those in British Columbia are the most likely to report tip creep and tipflation. Atlantic Canadians are the least likely to say they are being prompted for an increase. 86% of Canadians who want to do away with tipping believe the current system allows employers to underpay their employees. And half of those who want gratuities to stay also agree with this statement. Pink Shirt Day takes place in Canada on February 22nd. This day, marked annually across Canada and the world, raises awareness of bullying that may happen at schools and organizations and encourages individuals to stand up against hate and discrimination while also supporting programs that foster children's healthy self-esteem. Many organizations encourage employees to wear pink on this day to celebrate diversity, kindness, and the power in all of us to make a positive difference. To learn more about Pink Shirt Day and participate, visit pinkshirtday.ca. And this was Canada HR News on February 20th, 2023. Please leave us a rating and a comment in Apple Podcast. You can also find us in Google Podcast, Spotify, and other platforms. For more information on the topics discussed today, see the episode description and connect with us on Twitter at CADHRNews or LinkedIn at Canada HR News Podcast.